November 22, 2016. It's the Watt Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro show. I am Pedro, but not with Brother Matt. He had to go to the dock, and I ain't in my pad either. Where I am is at Prax Pad, and my guest, Jim Brown, made the hell right from Pedro. Where from? Echo Park. Echo Park. So not too bad. No, straight shot. Yeah, straight shot down the Harvard Freeway. Uh, we start off the show with I'll Wait and Pray, the alternate take by John Cotre, heavyweight champ. And then we heard uh, Jim Brown doing piano deconstruction. Uh, Rafael Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, original composition. Uh, this was an edit from a live in Vienna version, July 8, 2016, just a couple months ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what was that like? Oh, that was a good time. Uh, when did I see it? In May? May. You saw it at the, yeah, May. at uh, Here in uh, West L.A. Blum and Poe Gallery. Or maybe Venice. It's like Culver City. That, ah, same Culver sh- City. Same right. shit. Not really. I think it was right off La Cienega. That's it, yeah. And, uh, and I came right from Prague, like I just got to from Prague here. That's when I get to see you after Prague. Make yeah, sure. no. And when, when I see Jim... Brown that I got prac in my thing, and I made it right when you went on, and then uh, you informed me that the piece, actually when you came off as you finished the piece, I was the first guy. Yeah, right. That was beautiful. And you said I was supposed to hand you the axe. Yeah, well, I would have got there on time, and I tried. <laughs> and, but it, this was like later in the afternoon, people in our traffic. But anyway, I got to witness it. Yeah, well, that I was just my, didn't get to hand the axe. That was my conceptual, uh, and for me, it was conceptual to have you hand me the axe. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So it would have that would have meant something to me. I don't know what it would have meant to anybody else, but it was like, but for you, just it would to have show, meant a lot to me. Okay, well, personally. it was a big deal that you showed up, so I was very happy to like come straight out, and you're the first person I see standing there. It touched and me. That room was packed. Yeah, it was a good turnout. And dudes were getting hit with pieces. Because <laughs> people, the stuff was flying. But let's go back in time. Let's go back to your first music memory. Yeah, first music memory. Uh, I guess there's just some fodder there around, like, uh, you know, listening to some kind of, like, nursery rhymes or something that my parents used to play. So in the pad. Yeah, yeah, back in Phoenix. in like, these little townhouses off of, like, 44th and Thomas. And then, uh, but the first, like... So they, the nursery rhymes, but they're off uh, tape or... Uh, like little, like, seven inches, I think. Seven inches. Like little old school, like, record phonograph thing. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the first thing I remember is I was at some, like, record uh, flea market thing that the uh, grade school that I was at, had, I was at and uh, I wanted to buy something. I didn't know there was a difference between, like... To me, like, the word jazz sounded to me like it should implement, like, an energy like rock. But, like, what I really want to listen to is rock music. But I said, I want to listen to some, I want to get a jazz record. Because that just sounded like no, a cooler... You're in grade school, so you're, Yeah, I didn't know. How old? I was six, seven. Yeah, okay. Really little. Eight, you know, something like that. And what, like swap meet? Yeah, like, exactly. And, uh, but, uh, I this didn't... This is where people bring their own stuff to sell. Yeah. Aisles of, like, right. shit, you know? Parking lot of a... Exactly. It was inside the cafeteria. Oh, wow. But I ended up, uh, but uh, you know, just being like, you know, you didn't have any information to go sure. on back then. I didn't have an older brother or sister either, so I just went off of visual shit. And Your I, parents don't play? No, my dad uh, plays guitar for, uh, you know, enjoyment. My mother played piano for enjoyment. So was there a piano and a guitar in There the was, but they didn't, like, rock it like that much, really. It no, was, but was it there for you? They would, yeah, it was there. 
Well, the biggest influence was Brian. He started playing drums Younger when he was brother. six. You know, so I was just like... So how'd he get that drum set? He was, I guess he was like hitting shit ever since he was like born. And my okay. parents, it was driving my parents crazy. And they're like, we got to channel this somehow. So they just they put him into, try to get drum classes for him. The teacher, this guy, Jim Zupansic, was like, uh, I don't, I've never taught anybody this young before. I don't even know if it's even possible. But he put him on a kit and took right to it. And uh, the guy would have a drum seminar, so he so then Brian would get total like schooled by like dudes like Louis Belson, yeah. uh, Steve Smith, a fusion drummer that then played with Journey sure, and shit. Sure. So uh, he was getting you know his his teeth cut by the huge cats because you know it was like a novelty. This little kid is ripping out prodigy rock, paradiddles and stuff. Yeah. You know he's doing his. And uh, oh, back, back to Swatney. Yeah. What record did you end up getting? I ended up pulling out this record that had like a cowboy like shoot that had sh- like shot some guy. That's what blood kind of said. It said blood on the saddle. I was like, that looks tough. You know, I was like, got it. <laughs> but you wanted jazz. I want jazz. It was like a, but it's just like the visual. The cover. Yeah, it's just like, this one looks cool. I don't know what the fuck any of this other shit is. <laughs> I have no idea. So when you went home and played it? I started, I played it on the wrong speed to start out with. So the first thing I heard was, there is blood. <laughs> and it was just like, dragon. yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? It was just like, kind of twisted my mind. And then I flipped this. You know what the band was? No, I don't even like. I wish I could remember it. I think it was just. Uh, I think it might have been like a big single. There's blood on the saddle. Blood on the saddle. Anyways, that's the shit I was attracted to. I guess you know, growing up in the desert, saddle shit. My dad's raised on a ranch, you know, and then blood. You know, I guess I was already going that direction. Okay. What about <laughs> at school? Was there music in school? I didn't like. It was just like. Yeah, I mean, we took music classes. I started. You play? I started playing trumpet when I was in fourth grade. I Were jumped you in the marching in. band. No, I couldn't. I didn't dig the uniform thing. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to like take this advanced jazz class when I got into uh, high school, but the dude's like, "You have to be in the marching band for that." And I was like, "No, that's yeah. fucked up. I don't want to do that." <laughs> I couldn't hang. And what about your brother? Was he in the school band? Since yeah. He's doing whooping on the shit. Brian shoe? did the whole deal all the way down the line. He got. Was he in the marching band? Yeah, he did it. <laughs> He said that. But those, they do toms or snare or field is, drum. Or, I don't even remember. It's okay. some drum thing. He had they, a uniform on. The thing was, is what that was I, the name of the team? Uh, Camelback Spartans. Oh, the Alice Cooper. Camelback. Yeah, he did. I think because there's the Camelback guy that Alice Cooper song. He went to. Yeah, he went to Arcadia. But the, they have a song where he goes. There you go. I mean, so I maybe knew, he was dreaming of another school. No, I don't know. I mean, there was a chick that that I knew that lived. Her name was Janina or something like that. She lived next door to Alice Cooper's house. Who we got the high school we were supposed to go to shut down East High, and then so we ended up getting bussed up to a little bit like higher class like kids. Because that's a Scott, Scottsdale. It's uh, we're in Phoenix still, probably. No, but, but that high school, the uh, Arcadia or Camelback. Camelback's like I don't more know north. You have to tell me. Camelback's more. <laughs> I like, know Scottsdale's a little more Chinquan. Yeah, it is. But Camelback was closer to like the Biltmore, so that some of those kids they're coming from like more money side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we didn't. We were just straight up middle class kids, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But since school closed, you had to. We went there. And so then we ended up like affiliating with these kids that had a little bit more privilege. And then uh, so I met this one girl and she lived next to Alice Cooper's house. I wouldn't normally have had access to that kind of like zone if I hadn't yeah. known these kids. Sure, know? sure. So trumpet, how long you do it? Just a little while? No, I did it all oh, the way through uh, high okay. school until like, uh, 
you know, I kind of wanted to get in. I was, I've always been like physical and I enjoy like athletics or just inner, you know, I like to jog, you know, and you like to ride a bike and, and row and stuff and same thing. And so I started to get involved in like sports. I didn't know anything about anything. And then those kids in the locker room were just like, they didn't, that wasn't cool. Like <laughs> lugging that trumpet into the locker <laughs> So I was feeling out of place with that. And then I wanted to play guitar and so my parents, uh, what I really wanted was to play guitar, you know? I you really, didn't want to play trumpet. I like the trumpet, but uh, I think there was like some, uh, what was that, Dire Straits song, was, this ain't no, like, ain't no fucking trumpet playing band or something like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're talking shit about the trumpet. I was like, like I don't... You weren't hip to people like Diz or Miles? No, I knew I knew who Dizzy was and uh, definitely a little bit like of Miles, but I didn't really like, uh, I didn't have anything to gravitate to. Yeah. I mean, the thing that was, like, sucked me in, my first, like, big revelation was, like, Sabbath. When I heard it, it blew my fucking mind. And there's no trumpets. And there's trumpets in there. <laughs> no, there's not. So you want to get on the guitar. So, what, you're in high school? Yeah. And, uh, 15, I start playing, like, guitar. What'd you have? Like, acoustic, or did you have okay, They gave me acoustic, because that's, that's my folk style, you know? Like, I wanted to fucking play hockey, so they give me, like, figure skating classes, you know? <laughs> so, I want to play fucking electric guitar, they give me the acoustic. You know, okay. they're t more traditional more like that. Folk. Learn the basics, yeah, learn the chords. fundamentals, yeah. Ah, uh, was it one of those deals, like, if I get you this guitar, you gotta take lessons? Well, it was just like you got a fucking. I had already smashed up like two trumpets. I would like take them and wrap one around a steel pole. I smashed the shit out of another one, and uh, I was already just destroying shit. So this is his trumpet. I think somebody sat on it. Is right? that how it got bent up? <laughs> I see one of them at the Smithsonian. Well, I took mine and smash it down, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like or the crush in the valves. I don't think he did. I think some dude like sat on it. It worked good for him. <laughs> Those cheeks are still incredible. If you see pictures of that shit, it's just like, wow. In the, 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 the breathing, the circular. Circular breathing. Yeah, there's no stops. One of the first guys, right? It keeps like the bellows going. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, you get this acoustic guitar. Are you trying to learn off records? Yeah, you know, it was weird before. Like, uh, I had a, a teacher. He used to teach uh, my trumpet teacher. There was a guy that taught guitar next to him. And so I started taking, uh, yeah, and they just, no, he started just teaching me finger picking stuff. So it was like, a, and he, like he had me like, a, like one of the first records he gave me was like a John Fahey Christmas record. Oh, okay. So I was already going in that direction. And then, you know, like, then like ages later, all of a sudden, like Gastro Del Sol was getting all hip on John Fahey. And I was yeah. like, oh, I already, I know about sure this, but I didn't know it was like down. That guy turned you on way ahead of time. Yeah. Here, let's play some uh, Bluebird.
dancers may be on the floor My eyes still see only you Only you have the magic technique When we sway I go weak Can hear the sound of violins Long before it begins Make me thrill as only you know how Sway me smooth Sway me now You know how Sway me smooth Sway me smooth, sway me now 
Јас познавам една река која тече во нас крај нас, што жубори, што гргори, во корито и без него. Често со нас, но и без нас, и пожега и по снего и наградувано и зема, таа река запир нема. Јас познавам една река по-друга од сите реки, брзи води, кротки води, Каде бранот бран го гони, јагушкаат птици леки, нежна љубов да се роди, кога тече мирно в спокој, ни светнува сонце во око. Јас познавам една река, не секогаш мирна кротка, не сал златен дар што носи, но што зема и што коси, кај што мине цветот плаче, просолзува денот мрачен. Така било од памти века, таа река нас не чека. Прегазија, пливај напред, стравот нема да те запре.
Sally went down to Peru with a boy who played lonely music on kazoo through her window. Tony played the blue kazoo as they roamed through the lonely mountains of Peru. Sally loved him. Money makes the world go round when you have it. But what if you find yourself down in Peru with a poor boy like Tony? Oh, what do you do? Tony played the blue kazoo in the back room while Sally entertained a few. Pedro show. We heard Bluebird doing Future Burn. Then the Solvents with I'm Gonna Fight. Batfangs, brand new band out of uh, North Carolina with Wolfbite. Vox Pop after that. Speaking of uh, Don Bowles. Okay. This is it. The, I think he's making a new album. Uh, that, that cat, uh, Power Trip. What was his name? He lived for, in Arizona for a while. Jeff Dahl. I think he's in Hawaii now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he, he sang ca- this song, Cab Driver. I really liked it. And uh, I'm going to see uh, 
Don Bowles this uh, Saturday. He's going to be out of the show? No, Friday. He's oh, going Friday. to be at the Crescent Ballroom. They're opening up called Exterminators. Okay. The band. Was he playing? Drums. Okay. Really early on. Um, before he went to Hollywood and joined the Germs. Then we had Panther Burns, Tafalco, Sway. That's the second single I did with him, uh, Brother Larry on drums. Uh, after that, Stumble from Laughing Gas. I think that's like 15, 16 years old. Uh, Vasco Aronofsky with Kumo Pero Melenkowski. Uh, that's out of uh, Skopje, Macedonia. Uh, the Flat Five with Blue Kazoo after that. Hellbeans with Between Love and Lay. And finally, The Exterminators. There's John Bowles again. Jimmy. But sometimes, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And that's got Chris uh, Kirkwood on the bass. Oh, yeah? Because they lost Rob Ritter, of course. Chris is playing on The Exterminators thing? That's right, because Rob Ritter, he was doing roadie uh, work for that band you saw Jimmy in, uh, Celebrity Skin. Okay. And uh, I think Gary lives in Berkey or something. The singer, man. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to your story, your, your journey through music. So you're, uh, you take acoustic guitar next to the trumpet, uh, teacher. Yeah, Pat, yeah. And, uh, well, when does bass happen? Bass didn't happen till, <laughs> till I fucking, uh, I, uh, I was kind of Because that's a, what I know you Yeah, I was kind of a fan. fuck up in, in high school and it didn't even dawn on me. I remember like it was like towards spring and some kids said like, where are you going to college? I was like, what the fuck is that? I didn't even like plan it out, you know? I was just wrapped up in fucking partying and like, you know, music. It was music and music, girls, and just getting fucked up. Yeah. And I did, didn't do any studying and uh, I graduated. And so uh, after that, uh, I met this lady. She was like 27. I was 18. And uh, she had a wild idea to go to uh, London. And we went there uh, for her and me to try to get some work doing some like she had been like involved in talent agency shit. And like a model, like uh, uh, acting, like rep. And uh, the lady lived across the street from me, the Blums. She was a real pretty lady. She was a model. And my mom was a photographer. So my mom was taking pictures of me and my little brother all the time. You know, it would drive us insane. And uh, she'd put them in like, you know, whatever, an Arizona Highway, Sunset Magazine, this kind of stuff. So this lady says, hey, uh, your son, you know, if he wanted to get involved in this shit, you know, he could get paid for it. I was like, well, maybe... My mom suggested it. I was like, all right. So uh, I tried that stuff. I didn't care for it so much. I got some, like, Pepsi commercial when I was like... But you it, went to London. It, well, then eventually this lady said, let's go to London. So we went there. It was more for her to kind of, like, reboot her career because she had been a, a model. That lasted, like, two weeks, and then I bailed, <laughs> and uh, I ended up living in these squats in, like, uh, Fulham Court area. And uh, shit got real, real fast for me, and... Uh, just being on the streets and not having any money, 18 years old, you know, coming from Phoenix, Arizona, I was pretty sheltered. And then I got over there. I just around a bunch of squat kids. A lot of them have had heroin problems already. And uh, a lot of rain. It was a lot of rain, a lot of cold. Uh, I went, you know, a few days without eating. We'd dumpster dive. I'd steal, like, beer from the pubs. I started hanging out with these Rasta, uh, Nigerian Rasta guys, like, uh, to get some hash and then try to sell it. And then I got busted a few times, once for, like, riding a bike, super drunk. I came out of this corner on this cobblestone little road with a pint glass in my hand and a bunch of hash in me, and I ran a cop car off the road. They smashed in the deal, and they got pretty pissed off about that, took me in, 
it's a longer story than this, of course, but then that's when they first found the hash on me. Well, they actually didn't find it on me. I had kicked it underneath this bum that was, like, sleeping under the uh, homeless dude that was sleeping. <laughs> Sorry to call him a bum. <laughs> he was sleeping, and then they asked me, what is this? And I was like, I don't know. It must have fallen out of that guy's pocket. And then it, uh, it became a problem. They strip-searched me. I was pretty nervous. You know, one guy volunteered to, like, look up my asshole. Like, I was like, what kind of person wants that job? So I got pretty scared about that. Eventually, uh, shit kept going south for me, and I was trying to bail out of the city to try to get like it was right around when the wall was coming down and i was going to try to get i wanted to go to berlin cans film fest i heard that there's some laboring jobs over there doing some construction shit and uh cans film festival i had it in my mind I had no idea even what it was but i thought i wanted to get there trying to hitchhike got picked up i had warrants out for my arrest i'd never dealt with it but i had a uh, worked for this one pub where like these kind of English mafia guys worked there and like they kind of helped me kind of they helped with a lawyer that I met up with that fucked up with the whole like legal thing that uh I had the warrants but they didn't know what the warrants were for so they tossed me in jail then they tossed me in an immigration place illegal aliens then they tossed me in a prison cell and I was in prison for nine days and the day before the ninth day uh this man came in and offered it from Sussex it was in Sussex he offered to teach a music class that day and uh, instead of going to the gym for an hour or go to the library for an hour and a half, like, who needs to go to the fucking library? You're sitting in a cell all day long. Anyways, they taught him, offered a music class. I go, fuck, I want to do that. So I went there. The guy said, who wants to play bass? I just snatched it out of his hand. I said, I do. I grabbed that thing. And then he, it was electric bass. And he told me, uh, okay, I want you to put your finger here, put your finger. And I said, like, well, I already know the frets, you know, just tell me the notes, you know. And he's like, oh, you're going to play this, uh, play this A, and then play this D, play this G, play this C. And I played it, and uh, the pattern that he had me going, it sounded like a reggae line. Well, those Rasta dudes had turned me on to, like, reggae and dub stuff. I had not known about it really much before. And so we started up a, a, like a reggae line, and then there's a guy that played drums and a guy that knew how to play guitar. And... Uh, I was like the only Caucasian dude in there. It was all like illegal aliens, mostly from uh, like Africa, deserters from uh, Islamic nations. And we got it going on, and then one guy was MC. And, and well, when I played that low E, as soon I played that low E, and the first thing was uh, it felt like a sort of like a Rubik's Cube coming together in my mind. Just tick, 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 and uh, I heard like the narrator's voice inside my head that said uh, very quietly, uh, you've been playing the wrong instrument this whole time. And it resonated with me. You should be on bass. Yeah, I, my soul like knew that I had found what I was looking for. And all of a sudden, all that shit I had gone through for those nine months living in England just like came to a head. It was like that was the whole point of, the, of getting there. That and so uh, you come back U.S. I came back to the U.S. I got they fucking stuck me in New York. I was stuck. It fucked me up. And then this kid named Todd Davis helped me out. He bought me a ticket back to Phoenix, and um, as soon as I got there, I called up the drum teacher's son, this guy named Paul Coffin. They had taken me and Brian to our first like concerts and stuff. And he remember one day he showed me this brother Brian, brother Brian Brown. And he uh, showed me this black Gibson Ripper one day, years ago. And I remember Ripper's that. Ripper's a bass, people. Yeah. And so I... Yeah, big, big, big yeah, body. big body. So I called him up. I said, you still got that black bass? He's like, I do. I Can I borrow it? He said, yes, you can. He, I took it home and just started playing the shit out. Didn't have an amp or anything, but just played the fuck out of it. First song I learned was uh, Cure, Somebody's Jumping Someone Else's Train, because that's got kind of a cool bass line. Oh, yeah. It's kind of melodic. Yeah. And so I just took off from there, and I was just obsessed. Now, are you playing with your brother? Did you guys make a rhythm section? Well, we had already done a, a, a drums and trumpet thing right. called Ice Age, 
We were okay. in. We like did like a you know high uh, grade school uh, talent show. Played like Star Wars theme song. Rise, Herb Alford. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what about? The well first then, uh, drum thing. yeah. Then we started like doing that. Eventually, we like started getting that going on. I was trying to make something with uh, this kid that played guitar, and my friend uh, Rob was singing, and uh, that really didn't even really happen. It's like everybody's first band is just sort of yeah, like, of course. And then, uh, but then Brian and I started like playing, and yeah, it was. Uh, he was already had a scholarship to NAU, Northern Arizona State Flagstaff area, yeah. and so. Uh, then, yeah, we start putting it together. Oh, so you have to split up. Yeah, because uh, then... So Flagstaff people is uh, 100 miles north of Phoenix. Yeah, and then I ended up... But, but then I was uh, I was back out in Los Angeles. I moved... My my parents were like, you can't just fucking hang out here and, like, take acid all the fucking time. You know, you've got to... Okay. <laughs> okay, we're at the end of the first hour. Okay. November 22nd, 2016, Dish Waffle Peter Show. Special guest Jim Brown. Hold tight for hour two. November 22nd, 2016, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Pedro Show start off the second hour with Kill the Lights, Bluebird, then uh, Scandinavia Dilemma, Nervous Gender, Live at the Whiskey, 1983, Michael singing there, uh, Five Year Plan, you know, people ask me about the old days of the movement, you know, yeah. and I tell them Nervous Gender, the Screamers, there's no guitar, uh, Televisual, Five Year Plan, that's out of uh, Sheffield, England. M.B. Jones with a brand new prod. Here's some demo for uh, a solo album he's doing in Western Mass. Uh, Lawnmower Races. No Ice. After that with The Cemetery. And finally, The Extract out of Canada doing the alternative, alternative version of Credence's Graveyard Train. Well, you hear that squeak, people? That's uh, Jim Brown's coding. Back to the story. You're moving from Arizona to California because your parents want you. Uh, they want me to get the fuck get out. The heave ho. They're like, you got you the heave ho. get a job or go to college, you know. Then uh, for some reason, they my mother picked uh, Pasadena City College. She said, "Oh, that's good. It's a good community college. You should go Great there." Radio station. K- there you go, KPCC. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, I had spent that summer with uh, my one of my closest friends, John Wall, the Wall Brothers, Kerosene sure. 454, Slow Dime, Jim and John. I had them on the show. They were actually Orange County dudes. No, show. no. You must not have You're talking about John Wall from uh, yeah. Clawhammer. Uh, I'm talking about Wall. John Wall from uh, Kerosene 454. Oh, oh, okay. Remember when you yeah. did that Lady yeah, Temple? Yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. So they spell their names differently. Yeah, W A L L W H A L, or right. something like that. Right. There's three brothers, but they, I never knew they were OC dudes. They moved up way early. There's three brothers. I think there's three. Oh, I only know John. No, there's a big guy named Brickwall. He's the writer, <laughs> and he's the jazz head. Oh, and there's another brother too. I think. So that's where John got all that jazz. But they, they, they have him on the show. I learned about his whole like OC thing, Fullerton or something. Inland. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they're big. But anyway, okay. back to this wall. Jan wall. wall. Those guys. Those guys were the ones. There's this kid named Craig Hall. You meet him at the school. When in high school, yeah. I knew a kid named Craig Hall. He's the first guy that turned me on to punk music. He asked me, uh, "Hey Jim, you know?" He went to a different high school, but I met him. My parents like sent us up to uh, sent me like a, there was like a summer camp for like the church that my dad went to. Uh, Presbyterian Church, and they had a summer camp up in the woods in northern Arizona yeah. in Greer, and uh, I loved it up there. And it was like so they would ship us up there, and the the church part of it was, you know, I mean, spirituality is one thing, and then the dogma is another thing. So I don't know, it was fucking weird. But you made a connect with this, this kid, Craig Hall, fucking cool. And you learned about punk. I learned about punk. Yeah. He turned me on. You know what punk is? And I was like, isn't it like a fucking snot nose key? He's like, no, <laughs> man. And so he turned me on to it. And uh, but I he mean, had the tunes. He had the cassettes. He had it. We listened. There's some German band called BGK, hardcore shit, you know, and uh, loved it. He, we were already into Sabbath. His uh, mom, before we started getting into super do- dove deep into punk, uh, his mom insisted she take us to a Grateful Dead concert at Compton Terrace, which was like at Legend City. It was like this place, and so we went and saw in '81. We saw a Grateful Dead concert. I didn't know what the fuck to think. I thought the two drummer thing was pretty neat. <laughs> And, uh, but I just, the first time I saw someone with tracks on their arms, you know, I was like, what's going on? You know, it's like, so I was being exposed to that counterculture. Yeah. But then John Wall and Jim Wall, those guys went to my high school. But you see them in California when you move out there? Well, they didn't move out here. We all went to, uh, we all were in Arizona. Sure, sure. And so we had that, that scene going on there. That was like, we were, I guess people call us like second generation, you know? Yeah, right, right. And so second wave. And so, uh. Our scene was a little bit different than that. But we were still going to those shows. The first shows I went... First show I think I went to was like an agent... You know what I did? I walked in... Oh, like in. Mad Gardens? No, this was at some place called Knights of Pythias. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Minutemen played there. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a Masonic spinoff. Exactly. Old guys. And exactly. And they just ran out the hall. Yeah. And so uh, we... Um, or this might even been a warehouse. I don't know. It's one of those things where you have to have your mom no, drop. No, I remember Nights of Pythias playing there. Yeah, and so my mom would drop, had to make her drop me off a block away, you know, like, please <laughs> do not fucking pull up in front of, like, you know. <laughs> and so uh, we uh, went there, and uh, first thing I saw, I walk in, and the Sun City Girls are playing. Oh, fucking homeboys playing goodness. a saw, and then big old beers, and I was just like, what the fuck is what this shit? Past, huh? Yeah, the Charlie, the drummer. So Charlie was playing a saw. And I was so the Bishop Brothers, and so I was just, yeah. it was really irritated by it because I wanted to hear the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, yeah, you know. Right. And uh, But now looking back on it, I feel very privileged that that was my first introduction to a punk show. Yeah, yeah. So I got to understand this philosophy. It wasn't just a kind of style, it was just exactly. more of a state. Exactly. 
Yeah, so uh, these Wall Brothers, they just constantly turned me on to shit. And they were super influenced by that DC sound. So they were turning me on left and like my threat. Yeah, they love that shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like other stuff too, like uh, later on in the, you know, late 80s, mid 80s, we were getting like uh, dialed into like this band Soulside. Love oh, yeah, yeah. Soul Love Side. those guys. Right. Soulside, Rites of Spring, that shit, you know? Right. Oh, emo. Yeah. Maybe the first. Yeah. Emo. Well, Brian uh, says that uh, the Who are the first emo band. You know what? <laughs> he, he might be on to something. <laughs> yeah. What do we got here? Some Holoys.
the planet Earth is a big ball and we want to bounce it and dance around it. Just waking up is so much fun with a hug and kiss for everyone. So many friends, real and pretend. Jungle gym, like a monkey with a funny grin, running around till we fall down. But we always get right up again. There's a million things to understand, so much to do when we are two.
las que tenemos que saltar Pero con mucho amor todo lo podemos lograr Qué vergüenza nos da para vernos tan llorar Pero este sentimiento nunca lo va a poder cambiar
Watt from Pedro Show. We heard uh, Holoy's number 25, Open Kimono 2x2. Two two. After that, Donna Patriari con Gran Dolora. Yeah, the big pain. <laughs> Maximilian the first. Everyone's Little Punk Rock Dreams by Babes New York. Inside the Sounds, brand new from Light. Light Brothers on Tokyo. Uh, Sax Snacken, Black Zulu. Exorcisi de Memoria. Summer version, Manlio Mascara. No, Maresca, I'm sorry, Manlio. And the Manual for Errors. La, uh, Alegria, very be careful. That's uh, nice. Uh, Colombia, Vallena. Those guys are great. Alegria. Yeah, you know about them, right? Yeah. The, the brothers. They're great. Yeah, Guzman brothers. A negative scanner with Gone Wild. Brand new for me. Getting into them out of Chicago. Uh, Nels Klein, brand new album, I Have Dreamed. And finally, Petra Hayden with the Decembers doing a live version of Wuthering Heights. Tell me about Bluebird. Bluebird. Bluebird was like finally kind of got happening after uh, Brian and I was were trying to get something going on forever. We played with this guy Dave uh, Stern that used to be in Swizz, the DC, another DC band. Then that thing kind of collapsed. I bailed out, went up to Washington, and then came back down. And Brian had already met Sam Veldy, the singer, and they were trying to put some together. I passed was passing through town, and. Um, then uh, they said, hey, you want to, like, jam with us? I was like, yeah, I'd be jammed to jam with anybody. So we just started, it was basically just me writing all the tunes on bass, and Brian playing drums. But you want to jam with us, then you write all the tunes more than just the jam, dude. You're <laughs> well, the composer. I mean, I was, like, always, like, I was, like, prol- prolific. Yeah, I was yeah. just constantly com- busting out riffs, you know? And uh, But I didn't have... Uh, Whatever, there's no format to yeah. it so much. And then we tried to search for a guitarist. It took us fucking forever. And then we met Barry. He was the, he was the uh, roadie for Scream. And Scream busted up. They broke down. Dave Grohl. Yeah, they broke down here in L.A. Yeah. And uh, they were stuck out here. The brothers. Uh, the brothers, Pete and uh, Franz. Right. And Skeeter. And I think they Pete. live here now. Yeah, I just saw Pete. I was in, that's where I was. I went to Mexico City to see Black Sabbath. Because I'm trying to write this short story about Black Sabbath, and I did some research on some Nopales farms down there, because I'm really interested cactus. in that. This shit's intense, man. <laughs> that fucking huge farms of just cactus. It's yeah, yeah. beautiful. Because people chow it. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, so the so Barry was, like, out here because Scream, like, broke down. Right. Broke da- up. Broke up. Uh, Dave jumped off and on, turned Nirvana. Right. The, those guys were trying to start wool. Uh, Brian yeah, right. like tried out for him. They're down with Brian, and then I tried out, and then they weren't really down with my style. So Brian said it's like it's either both or neither. And Package, like, yeah. And so, uh, so um, two for we ended up jamming with Barry. And the thing about Barry was that um, the dude had a real handle on texture and feedback. And so like for for me, just ripping like bass lines, you just put this texture of feedback, sure. and then just some some like thick drums. You're done, you know? And so, and to me, that was just kind of like already where well, I was... Who named the band? Uh, we tried to come up with a bunch of fucking names. Uh, we originally liked the name uh, Blackbird, but uh, we f- knew those those brothers already had that name. And so then uh, some somebody said the Bluebird. Kidman Brothers. There you that, go. Which were the Dills. Yeah, so then the singer, Sam, he said Bluebird. How about Bluebird? And... Uh, and uh, the my brother man. and I, yeah, my brother and I would get driven to school on Bluebird buses. So ah, we yeah, were but... like, that sounds good enough. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck it. Because <laughs> you know, it was always, always struck me as a trippy name. 
this bluebird seems a little yeah and the band was pretty rocking <laughs> yeah yeah oh well yeah now you guys did many tours yeah a bunch many, of tours. many recordings yeah a bunch of recordings yeah yeah, and then we just did what you know most bands do. You like run you run your cycle, and then like that's it. And so uh, I guess that's it. You never know. No, because usually there's the reboot. Well, you know what? My Brian ran into some uh, Booker man, uh, Ian Fintech, at a, an L7 show last night. Yeah. L- at a, here in Echo Park, and as Brian and Danita are super close friends, and. Uh, that guy said that people in the UK are asking to like want to get the Bluebird reunion going. I don't know if I'm into that, but like uh, at the same time, like I don't know if I'm not into it either. So you know, there's like there's always a, I guess there's lingering and there's a possibility in the fucking multiverses of possibilities. <laughs> That's bitching. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, November 22, 2016 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest Jim Brown. Hold tight for hour three. November 22nd, 2016, it's the third hour. A lot from Pedro Show.
can hang it up, but you know you will drown like yesterday. Take a flower, throw it up any mountain you cannot say. You can push and you can pull. You know that it will never end. Roll that boulder up that hill. It will just roll back down again.
Watch for Pedro Show. We started the third hour off with Haloy's doing Lakeland. Then uh, SS Space System with Mankind Vicinity Part 3. That's out of upstate New York. Brother Sam up there. D- uh, Dex Romweber. Uh, flat Duo Jets. Incredible. Okay. But he's on his own now. Man, uh, My Funny Valentine. God, who wrote that? Maybe Miles. I know um, Charlie Mingus did. Mm. Uh, 18 seconds with I Am Empty or You Too. And finally, Ned Collette with Boulder. Let's talk about Halois. Yeah. Because the Bluebird ran the cycle. Yeah. Yeah, so I just... where's the name come from? uh, It was a dream. I had this dream. I was going out with this girl, Tori Quinones, and I told her about the dream. We woke up that morning, and I turned to her and said, Hey, I had this dream, and I told her about it. And then the name of the band... I saw the band. I saw, like, everyone's face was blurred out, but I heard the sound. It was a five-piece. I saw what everyone looked like. I, I heard the sound. That was the main thing. And I remembered the name. It was like... Holloys or Holloys. I couldn't really understand exactly, but you know how dreams are weird. Yeah, sure. And uh, she's like, ah, oh, it's my favorite band. Well, like I was like, uh, for whatever it's romantic. my favorite band. She said that. That's what she said. That's my favorite band. <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean, she just liked the story that I told of the dream. You know, I love that. <laughs> she my never favorite. saw that. No, of course not. She, so she just, wasn't in your head. She was just, you know, she was just she's a beautiful, beautiful person, like stoking me, you know. <laughs> and so I kind of Stoking like, a fire. Yeah. So I think I just kind of like... Um, so you, you know, put this band together. Yeah, I jumped off... Uh, different than Bluebird. No, yeah, all different. I like uh, Everything was falling apart with uh, the Bluebird scene and just wasn't feeling it anymore. So I bought a one-way ticket to a Oaxaca, Oaxaca, Mexico. Sure. And I just went down there. My friend uh, Dare, you know, said, if you want to find yourself, you got to go someplace where you don't speak the language. My friend Shin Kitahara, who uh, he moved here from Japan, didn't speak any English. He's like, that's how you find yourself. Go someplace. Nobody knows you. Don't know the language. Everything that's not you will fall away. Everything that still is you will still retain itself. And so you find yeah. out the nature. Anyways, it's I was down there. Kind of, yeah. And after about three days down there, I was just like, I couldn't talk to anybody because I didn't know Spanish yet, and uh, I still don't know very well. But nonetheless, I started wandering around town, and then I realized, like, fuck, I don't even know where I'm, I haven't even been paying attention where I'm walking. I'm going to be lost, man. And this is long before GPS or cell phones and shit, and so, um, well, long enough. And so uh, I stopped, and I had been thinking to myself, I should like to find, like, a music store and just play some bass just for a minute, just to kind of ground myself, to feel... And uh, I had left my upright behind because I was trying to, like, learn it, you know. And I stopped at this yeah. one door. Well, kind of big to bring yeah. it <laughs> Well, I was. I was thinking of doing it, you know. I wanted to. I had a case built for it. And then Jesus. I told the dude, like, I can't. They're as big as you. Well, you can take the neck off of this one. Oh, it's okay. weird. Okay. Some uh, Russian you dude figured out a way. No, it's like his, like, a hack job. He just uh, fucking chopped it, put, bolted it, unbolted it. Anyways, yeah. And, uh so, uh, yeah, I found this this door that had, like, a little painting of an upright piano and, uh, uh, and a bass coming out of it. I knocked on the door. An old man answered the door. We tried to talk to each other, and I explained it to us. He's like, oh, come on in. He took me to this back room. He showed me this bass. I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And so I uh, started playing it. It sounded amazing. The thing is probably old as hell, so it was super rich. And then um, he took off. He came back. He said, I'm going to go to lunch, come back the next day. And I was like, oh, okay. So we came back the next day. And then he's like, you want some music? And I was like, no, nah, I don't care. And he's like, you want some? You don't want to read any music? I'm like, well, okay, whatever. If you want, yeah, bring it. So he came back like 15 minutes later. His son had showed up at that point because he could speak a little English. 
And he said, hey, sorry, this is the only thing we could find. And the exact same book that I studied out of was the book that they handed me. <laughs> so I was just like, here I am. I'm back on base yeah, again, yeah, you yeah. know. And so uh, I tried to I started like just hanging out with those guys. They let me play it in, in, in a wedding one time and shit. And uh, it was pretty funny. And then um, John Theodore was a good friend of mine, a uh, drummer. You know, sure. he was uh, going, he was playing a show in uh, Mexico City with Mars Volta. And he, he uh, emailed me. And, you know, I'd go to the Internet Cafe and he's like, hey, I'm going to be there. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, can you send this bass? Uh, Chris Novoselsky bought me kind of a shit bass that was kind of like a second bass because I was always breaking strings with Bluebird and we were on, on the road with him one time with his uh, other band and then uh, Sweet 75. And he said, you need a second bass, man. I'm like, well, I need the money to buy a second bass. And uh, he said so he bought me one, gave it to me one day. Then Barry routed it out and put in a big old like humbucker in it. And uh, so I said, mail that bass down here to me in my loop pedal and a delay. And... Uh, and this little fucking amp that I had, just a little teeny shit amp. And uh, so John stashed that shit in with the Mars Volta cargo package. He came down to Mexico City. I fl- went up from Oaxaca to meet him, got my shit. You know, it's a big story than this, but then headed back to Oaxaca. And I had already been hanging out with this salsa band called Los Silhouettes. And those guys would just let me hang out with them. And the, uh, the ideas that I was like working with, uh, with um, the loop pedal were like fitting in with the understanding of the information I was being taught through the salsa band. Like, for instance, you have a melodic uh, line. It's like, do, 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 do. Well, I would, way I would like cut that up as I would go, do, do. And then I would just, do, 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 do. So that's the loop is going like that. Then, do, 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 do. And so you, it's like when you play it separately, the voicing is slightly different than if you play it all together. And then so when you start stacking stuff, and so the way that you could like come up with like choruses and verses would be basically just be like delineating part of a one melodic line. The way like DJs just drop shit out. Okay, so I was, the these salsa cats were doing that. Like the horns would play part of one line and then like the guitars would play the other line and then they would all lock it it out parting it out and so this is where my idea for hollows came from and i played my first like hollow show down there just solo gig and so getting like like a peso to get in or something like that or something (laughs) and but then it dawned on me it's like uh so i had this big dream i said okay i need to bail out of here because i was already starting to have to wash dishes i had run out of money you know and i didn't speak the language good enough so that's the only thing i could do for cash and I was like, can go back to the States. I'm going to like save up, get a computer. I'll be able to record my shit. I'll start my own like label. Uh, friend Natalie Carlson from a, she did a, you might know Natalie. Yeah. yeah. So she helped me get a distribution thing going. So I, and then get a band. And my whole trip was like, well, if I'm going to have to like eat shit playing music, which most people kind of do, it's hard to make any money. I'd like to do it someplace. In, if the band breaks down, I want it to be someplace interesting. So I decided to just kind of dedicate myself to trying to just tour in Europe. And so if the van breaks down, at least you're in like some fucking... <laughs> exotic rock. Yeah, it seems exotic anyways. <laughs> okay, let's play uh, some Bluebird. You gave me uh, Sundown. Okay.
tried to connect, but the money ran out. Please take me with you when you go. Fix me. Tried to connect, but the money ran out. Fix me. Please take me with you when you go. Fix me. Ten o'clock in the morning. Day's already gone. I turn on the TV. Fix me. The door is open, but there's nowhere to go. Fix me. Don't make me do it by myself. Fix me. Two o'clock in the afternoon. I feel like something to eat. Chef Boyardee, and it's already cooked. Please take me with you when you go. Fix me. Fix me.
things I had in mind were astronomical. Like galaxies colliding and reforming. has withdrawn to the side around the middle point. You know, light can't escape. Their force could pull your atoms apart. and apocalypse at the same time. But I was also wondering about the point of no return.
what to do in after changing rooms. Children got no wife, God knows why I keep blowing my five, strum my chords and making the best of my time. Feels so good to be out of school, the nights are wild and the days are cool, your legs are long and my heart's on full, it filled up leading the whole life again. Pre-Brush Show, last music for this edition. Sundown from Bluebird. One of the first tunes you guys wrote, you told me. Yeah. Uh, so that's trippy. We're ending with the beginning. <laughs> and Daggermoth, Event Horizon. Mitigating Chaos from David Gerard. Daggermoth out of Bologna, Italy. Uh, David Gerard, Massachusetts. Uh, King Champion Sounds, What I Mean, out of uh, Holland. King Alfred Man of Leisure, True Colors from England. And Elliot Eidelman, The Hobo Life, out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, advice if somebody because you've had quite a journey through music if somebody young was getting into this racket what would you tell them uh, like maybe like think about getting like a science degree first <laughs> like, I don't know I mean if somebody would have told me like this is how many times you're going to have to carry around an SVT cabinet you know and this is how many times you're going to I would have like I maybe would have reconsidered it but at the same time I probably would have said like fuck it I'll just do it anyways I mean I don't I don't advice i mean do it if you want to do it but like uh don't like uh stack up any hopes that that's going to be the way you're going to like pay your rent yeah that's good i think that's good advice mm -hmm. what about plans 
Fuck, I don't know, man. I'm trying to figure that shit out yeah. right now. What plans you got right now? Yeah, music-wise. I'm music-wise. I mean, I love to play, but like, you know, it's hard to pay the. I mean, I don't pay the rent on it. Brian does. He does co- composing for film and TV. Like, he scored all that shit for the Dave Grohl Sonic Highways thing. He was the main background guy. So Brian always tries to get me in on that. But uh, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't have like a hell of a lot of production skills. I don't know, man. I did these like bass feedback things that were cool. I love chopping up pianos with axes. <laughs> if I could just go around the world doing that, it'd be great. I love playing music. I did a bunch of acoustic songs not so long ago. I kind of wanted to like approach uh, Drag City and see if they would be interested in checking them out. And, so uh, go back to the acoustic guitar. Maybe, yeah. Pajo like listened to these songs. I sent him a song when he He's was living in SoCal now. Yeah, when he was going through a little bit of a lot of you know. So I sent him a song that was uh, that talks about that. You know, you just got because I had a, my close friend like took himself out that yeah. way, and so I and I have a relationship with those those kinds of like depression moments, and so yeah. I understand. You know, it's a hard thing for a person to like weather. But it's good to just get through it because um, you're going to, you know, everybody's got a number, you know. Your number's coming. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Then fuck it. Just write it out, you know. And some music helps. Yeah, that's the thing. It takes you out, Mike. I mean, like, thank you for saying that. Thank you for bringing that home and punctuating. Well, I want to thank you, Mr. Jim Brown, for being on the show, coming down to Pedro. Thank you, Mike. It's all uh, When you get these new tunes, we'll have you on a board again. Okay, thanks, Mike. Let me get you to do them live. Okay. Okay. It's been the uh, November 22nd, 2016 edition of Waffle Pedro Show. Everybody, keep your powder dry. <laughs>